welcome back to Friends with Cinefits. I am your host, Alex McAllister, and with me is your other host, Kane Dennis. Kane, say hello. Hello, everybody. <laughs> How's it going, man? And I've been doing great. Started a new job. I've been feeling good, so exciting stuff. Yeah, we've been busy, so it's been a while since we've gotten to talk. It has um, been too long. I feel like we're both ready to go. Yeah, I do too. So, let's just dive into it. Um, let's start. Let's do it. What are we covering today, Kane? This was your pick, so I'm going to let you explain it. Today, we are talking about some of the animated films from Studio Ghibli from Japan. Um, primarily the ones that have been written and directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Yes, and I did do some research into the background of... Do you say Studio Ghibli or Ghibli? I've always heard it as Ghibli, okay. but the I used to call it Ghibli, and I think that's what looks right to me, okay. but I've just always heard everyone say Ghibli, so I say Ghibli. That's what I've been doing. Um, I see like how it's supposed to be pronounced in yeah. Japanese is J-I-B-U-R-I. Don't know where the R came from. Yeah, that's weird. I don't I don't see yeah. where that comes from, but <laughs> I don't either. And I watched the uh like a documentary on HBO Max. What's that called? The Kingdom of Dreams and Madness. I saw that on there because I've been watching these on HBO Max and I wanted to watch it but I didn't have time. I only watch probably forty minutes of it. Um and it's like two hours long. Yeah. But I was, like, listening to it to see how they pronounced it, and I just never caught it at all. Yeah. Um, because it's something completely different. So, that didn't help. So, I just watched a bunch of YouTube videos of pronunciations, and everyone says it differently. So, I'm just yeah. sticking with Ghibli. I've watched a few YouTube videos of people, like, ranking the movies. Okay. And things like that. I find that type of stuff really interesting. Yeah. But, um, I usually hear it as Ghibli with that. Okay. Weird. I, I wish they would just say, like, hey, everyone say this. I don't know if they have. Who knows? Um, but yeah, I'm excited to dive into that with you. I do kind of want to dive into it more from, like, a, a mo fan of movies background instead of, like, actually talking about the movies and analyzing them. Yeah, um, that works for me, too, with these. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, so just going to go ahead and do kind of i'm going to do kind of our promotions real quick and then we can do what we've been watching um check us out at cinefits cinefits pod on twitter and i made an instagram and i'm having a lot of fun on there um also at cinefits pod i add a little instagram story for every movie i watch so that's fun um and if you're a new listener from that then welcome uh Email us, friendswithcinefits at gmail.com. We're on YouTube, Friends with Cinefits there. Um, pretty much anything you're on, just search for Friends with Cinefits. You'll find us somewhere. Yep. I've had a good time reading your Instagram stories and seeing what you've watched <laughs> as well. It's it's interesting. Good. I go... I need, this, I need to start doing that on my personal. <laughs> yeah. I, I would do it every once in a while on my personal Instagram, and then I was like... Uh, people probably don't care that much, so that was the main reason I made this Instagram, um, and I'm having fun with it. And I've also been trying to be uh, more active on Letterboxd, 
So on there, it's just Alex McAllister. No spaces, no uppercases. Um, the links for all that's going to be in the notes. But yeah, trying to be more active on there, making some lists. I made a list. Today's the first day of September when we're recording this game, but um, I'm very excited for horror movies in October. So I made a list of 31 horror movies I'm going to try to watch. Awesome. Yeah. That's really cool. Have you, I know that you were watching the old Candyman. Have you, well, not the, the first one. There's a bunch yeah. of them. Have you seen the new one yet? Yes, I have. When opening night. Nice. I've not seen it yet, but it looks, it looks really interesting. The more I've seen, the more interested I am. Yeah, I really liked it. Um, I liked the old one too. I think they're both two very different types of horror movies, but I, like, I can't pick which one I like more. They both are so different cool. and I like them both. Um. The new one kind of reminded me of The Invisible Man. Have you seen that? I really liked that. Yeah. Um, I think The Invisible Man's a little bit better, but I yeah, I really liked Candyman. Yeah, with Invisible Man, whenever I first started seeing the trailers for it, I was like, eh, I don't, I don't know if that's something I'm really into. Yeah. But um, the movie came out, and it was like in the midst of the biggest part of the pandemic last year. And I just decided to watch it one night at home. And I was like, wow, this was really good. <laughs> yeah. Like, I want more of this. Exactly. Um, they made it for like $7 million, too. Jeez. Like, super cheap. Yeah. That's... On that scale, you know. Yeah. I wish, yeah, we could get more stuff like that. Um, that movie's so good. It's so tense. There's a scene, I'm not going to spoil it, but whenever she's eating dinner with her sister at a restaurant yes and oh it's crazy oh it's so good um, it's crazy yeah Candyman was great the invisible man's great um have you been watching anything good recently you want to bring up yes um i saw the suicide squad <laughs> not yep. suicide squad the suicide squad and i okay. really enjoyed it um i loved john cena in it he was actually probably my favorite part which was very surprising okay I, I've always liked wrestling and stuff like that, and I've always been a fan of John Cena in, like, the meme sense, because, like, yeah. everybody makes fun of him, and that you can't see me and all that, and he's invisible. But in this, he was really good, and I think the character he played suited him really well. Yeah. To me, it kind of reminds me of uh, Dave Bautista as Drax okay. in the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Yeah. I don't think he's a great actor, but I think... That in each of those instances, the characters just fit them both perfectly, and it works for that reason. Yeah. Um, I wasn't as big of a fan of The Suicide Squad, but I do love John Cena. Did you ever see the movie The Marine from 2006? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I've seen that movie so many times, I'm not proud of it. The Marine, 12 Rounds. Yeah. They did, like five marine movies i think the miz took over for him at one point <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah um man i've seen the marines so many times it is the same way when like the rock came started doing movies is like walking tall and yeah. um uh there's another movie i can't the rundown i think the rundown is right okay i gotta look it up though or else people will yell the rundown from 2003 Yep. Yeah, that's early rock. Wow. <laughs> early rock in the movie sense. Oh, yeah, him and Sean William Scott. Um, that's cool. And I recently watched, since we're on the topic of WWE people, specifically The Rock, um, I watched Southland Tales. 
Oh yeah, that's by the guy that did Donnie Darko. Yes. Yeah. Which leads will lead me to another movie I watched recently, which is Donnie Darko. Uh, but the Not a Bomb guys did an episode on Southland Tales a while back, and the rocks in it. And it was pretty weird. I think I liked it, but I'm not too sure. Uh, I've never seen it. I've seen Donnie Darko, good movie, but I've not seen yeah. Southland Tales. Yeah, I just watched Donnie Darko for the first time like three nights ago, and I really? loved it. Really? Cool. Yeah. I was very tired, um, so I had to like look up what happened because I dozed <laughs> off like twice. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, I missed this completely, so I'm very excited to rewatch it. Um, another speaking of being very tired, that reminds me of something else I saw. I saw okay. the Green Knight. Okay. And I saw the Green Knight as part of a double feature of. G.I. Joe Origins Snake Eyes <laughs> and the Green Knight. <laughs> okay. How how oh, are those? Man. Snake Eyes is not gonna win any awards or probably be remembered by anyone in two to three years, but I enjoyed it for what it was. Okay. The the ninja action stuff is fun, and I've always kinda liked the G.I. Joe stuff. Not in a hurry to rewatch it, but it was enjoyable enough. Um not bad. I had a free ticket, so like oh, that helped. Yeah. And um and then I went and saw the Green Knight that same night, and it's really interesting. But I left the theater feeling like I didn't like it as much as I should have. Okay. It I... just it kind of dragged for me. Yeah, I get that. Um, I feel like there is an amazing hour and forty five minute long movie in there somewhere, but the two hours twenty five or thirty minutes it runs just felt too long. Okay. And I would like to rewatch it, having not just watched something else. Okay, because I, I think I think sitting in the theater for like five hours kind of influenced the way yeah. I felt about it. I will say I also saw the Green Knight. Um, I did like it. I was kind of expecting it to be more epic. I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, me too. And a little more lighthearted, but it's just kind of Dev Patel wandering around and. Um, yeah, like I liked it. I do want to watch it again. But yeah. I, it wasn't perfect. I thought the first part, like the first 25-30 minutes and the last 25-30 minutes mm. were awesome. Yeah. Like I loved the way it started and I loved the way it ended. I thought the ending was amazing. Mm -hmm. But I just didn't feel like the middle part was justified. The actual journey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which might be the point. That's true. I don't know. <laughs> I don't long. either. Um, it was too long after having watched Snake Eyes before it. <laughs> makes sense. There, what's the guy's name uh, that was in The Killing of a Sacred Deer? Oh, Barry Ke Keegan? Or yeah, Keegan? I liked him in The Green Knight. He's going to be in The Eternals. I know. I can't wait for that. That's going to be awesome. I'm pretty excited. And Shang-Chi comes out this weekend, yeah. I believe. Yep. Well, I do not have... Tickets pre-ordered for that, but I do plan on going and seeing it, obviously. Yeah, I, th I think it'll do pretty well. I I just wonder, with like the pandemic and everything still kind of going, I wonder yeah. how it's going to do. Because I know Black Widow did well for the time we're in, but like it would have been a disappointment financially any other time. Yeah. I also think Shang-Chi is... Obviously, it has a mostly Asian cast. Um, so, like, just in general, I think it'll be interesting to see how, like, a Marvel movie does with that. Yeah. Um, but then you add on COVID, and is, I'm kind of worried for it. Like, Yeah, me too. 
Because um, I want I I already know it's like it's like a kung fu Marvel movie, and that's something that I've kind of wanted for a long time. Yeah, and I was never familiar with the character of Shang Chi, but it just sounds like it's going to be awesome. Yeah, the trailers all look good. It even looks pretty funny. So I'm, yeah, I I'm excited. I just hope it does well enough to let them want to keep giving the character more stuff and have him appear in more things. Yeah, me too. Um, I was going to ask you, have you seen uh, Marvel's What If series? Any of the episodes yet? I've seen two of them so far. Okay. I watched the first two. Have you seen them? I think I've watched half of the first two and I just never finished them. Not because I didn't enjoy them or anything, but I just got busy and then was like, uh, I'm not going to go back and finish it. Yeah, I I enjoy them. It's something to watch. I'm not sitting up at night excited for it like I did WandaVision or Loki. Yeah. Like, I'd, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's out. I'll watch that when I've got time. I've, I don't really, like, make time to watch it like I did with those others. Yeah. But uh, I thought the first one was good. It was okay. Like, not amazing or anything. Mm-hmm. It kind of just followed the same course of the first Avenger, just with a swapped out character. Yeah. But I thought the second one, where it was, uh, what if T'Challa became Star-Lord? Mm-hmm. I thought it was a ton better. Like, yeah. with that one, I was like, okay, this, I get why they're doing this now. This is cool. That one I was, like, really into, but, like I said, once I, I got busy and had to do something and, um, just never ended up going back to it. Yeah, that one would be worth going back to. I yeah. wouldn't necessarily say you gotta rush back and watch the Captain America one again. Yeah. But, yeah, there, it... The the uh, T'Challa one has a pretty cool ending. Okay, and what was the third episode? Do you know? Um, I haven't seen it yet, but it's okay. I think it's titled "What if Earth Lost the Avengers" or "What if Earth Lost Its Heroes" or something. Okay, and it's kind of like a murder mystery where somebody's trying to pick off members of the Avengers. Whoa! And I've not seen it, so I don't it know cool. what happens or anything. But it sounds really interesting. Yeah. Um. There's a youtube channel out there nando v movies and he makes like one small change to like all the marvel movies so i'm just upset that i was like you know they're spending money to make some of these changes some (laughs) of his changes are like incredible yeah just just make those um but yeah yeah. it's it's cool because um i don't know if you know but there was a what if comic series yeah or they would go and they'd change things. And I think a lot of them ended with just like the universe ending or a bunch of people <laughs> dying. It's like, it's kind of cool to see them go to that dark place of the yeah. universe that they're not going to go to in their regular stuff. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess like the snap and everything they kind of did, but yeah, nothing true. that they weren't able to go back and fix. Yeah. Um, well, cool. I did want to bring up another movie I've watched because um, I got to recommend it to everyone. It's one of my favorite movies. I got the criterion right here. Defending Your Life. Um, written and directed by Albert Brooks. It's him and Meryl Streep, I believe. And it is so good. Um, have you heard of it? I've heard of it. Okay. I've only heard of it because it's a criterion. I've I saw them like hyping up the release of it and stuff. Okay. And when I heard the premise, I was like, I've gotta see this. This sounds yeah. so cool. It is so good, pretty much, um, for the listeners out there that aren't familiar with it. Um they when you die, you pretty much go on trial and have to um kind of defend your life 
oh wow that's where the title came from i didn't even mean to do that um <laughs> you had to defend your life and like prove that you're a good person um so it's really cool they like depending on how complicated of a case you are you might be done in four days you might be done in 13 days um but it's really good it's a good romantic comedy but hits on some of the deep questions uh so i just went and bought lost in america i think which is another one of um albert brooks's criterions criterion releases and i haven't watched it yet but i'm very excited after watching this that's cool i need to check that out i don't think i've seen anything anything from albert brooks before yeah i hadn't either and then i watched this and was like holy cow um think it might be on prime video okay um or i'm crazy and it's not and just ignore this but if it is i definitely give it alex's seal of approval when did that come out 1991 okay i was gonna say because like i i couldn't remember if i had heard of it before the whole criterion release yeah but i i doubt that i have well, being from 91. it includes an essay by filmmaker Ari Aster. Really? Yes. Wow, that's cool. Yeah. That's um, the type of uh, concept I'd like to see him tackle. Yeah, that would be cool. Oh, man, I'm so excited for his next movie. Oh, me too. It's going to be awesome. I know. But um, I got to say, another thing that I watched recently, or rewatched, because I'd seen it before, mm-hmm. is um, from 1979, The Jerk with Steve Martin. Never heard of it. Have you seen it? Never heard of it? (laughs) No. It is one of my favorite comedies of all time. It is hilarious. I'd seen it before, and um, I saw the Blu-ray at Target for five bucks, so I picked it up. You got it. I was like, I "I gotta get this. Mm -hmm. And I just watched it this past weekend, and I was like, oh man, I remember why I love this so much. (laughs) It's uh, it's like Steve Martin's first role, and it's kind, I mean, I don't want to say it's like, edgy or anything but i think that the the comedy and it's a bit ahead of its time and i just i love everything about it from 1979 yeah directed by carl reiner okay it's just like irreverent and goofy and uh way funnier than it should be at times okay i'm adding it to the watch list officially i don't know if it's streaming anywhere but i found the blu-ray at target for five bucks and it's worth every penny great (laughs) Um, I have like one more thing I did want to touch on. I finally watched Memories of Murder by Bong Joon-ho. Oh, I still got to get around to that. And it was so good. I think I like it more than Parasite. Uh, Really? I don't know, actually. Now that I said that, I feel bad. You said it out loud and you don't know. (laughs) Yeah. But it was really good. I was not expecting... It's another one. I had that and um, Come and See on my shelf for months and then i finally watched them both um uh, both were are very not depressing yeah pretty much depressing yeah um have you seen come and see i i was gonna mention come and see because me and my 15 year old brother started it the other night <laughs> but we started it at like two in the morning okay so we stopped and i've not gone back and finished it yet but i'm going to because i was really enjoying it but he was bored right. out of his mind like it it's not exciting yeah it takes a long time to get anywhere but it's just kind of ponderous and it's like wow this is pretty brutal yeah um definitely a slow burn 
but the ending just like killed me on the inside um it's a rough watch once you get to the end but i liked it so much and same with memories of a murder like both were really good and i i think i am glad i put off watching them until i was like ready because i knew both would be kind of hard watches Um, yeah but yeah the the payoff was worth it come and see was banned in russia for a long time (laughs) I'm not and, surprised. And you know if something's banned, there's got to be some value to it. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, For like, sure. it ruined my day. I watched yeah. it, like, right after work, and so I still have a few hours afterwards <laughs> where I was awake, and I was just like... Just like, damn. Should have done that. Yeah, I was, like, probably texting my friends, like, what is life? Like, why Why am I here? What am I doing? Uh, yeah, that, that movie's so good. If you can get through the the slowness of it if i would have watched it at any other time i would have been totally fine but i was just got to a point where i was like yeah gotta revisit this sometime soon i yeah. can't get through this right now still had like an hour left it's like yeah no i gotta go to bed <laughs> for me personally if it's ever 2 a.m and i contemplate starting a movie it's i never start a movie it's just it's never a good idea <laughs> yeah even if i finish the movie there's no way i remember it the next day Yep, I usually just like throw on Netflix or Disney Plus and put like a Marvel movie or a Star Wars movie or something on at that okay. point. Just something I've seen a million times that I can fall asleep to, but yeah, gotcha. not something that I need to sit and think about. And every time I do that, it's a mistake. Yeah, true. Uh, you got anything else you want to talk on before we kind of go into our topic for this evening? Um, One more thing. I don't think I had finished it last time we talked. Um, Not finished, but caught up. I'm totally caught up on Barry. Awesome. And it's it's amazing. It's I don't so want to give anything away, but just wanted you to know that I am ready for season three. Oh, yeah, me too. I'm ready for them to announce season three so that I can watch seasons one and two again. Yeah. And then I'll probably watch season three and then be like, I'm just going to watch season one and two again anyways. Yeah, um, it's it's like a perfect show. Yeah, I love it. Okay. I, it's just awesome. Yeah, but I'm ready to move on. <laughs> okay, awesome. So, we're going to move on to Studio Ghibli. Um, thanks for uh, staying tuned in with us while we talk about what we've been watching. We appreciate it. But now for the, the main topic of this evening. Um, I was kind of worried when you picked this topic. Because... I had never seen any of them, um, and the only anime I had seen was Ghost in the Shell and Akira, which, um, Friends with Cinefits, we have an episode of Akira with Brad Anderson of Not a Bomb. It is one of my favorite episodes, Um, so listen to that if you guys haven't, but yeah, that was my only introduction into anime, so I was a little worried whenever you suggested these and gotta say i loved every single one of these movies so this is just gonna be me um super happy and pumped about these good i'm glad that you liked it yeah it's it's not something i was super familiar with either and like i've never really had much of an introduction to anime i watched like part of the first season of attack on titan with a friend one time and i really enjoyed it but i never went back to finish it Okay. And aside from these movies, that's pretty much the only anime I've ever watched that wasn't like Pokemon or something when I was younger. Yeah. That I didn't really watch Pokemon. I think I loved Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. Um, but I don't remember anything 
about like the plot. Yeah, it's been too long. Yeah. Same with Pokemon. The plot is just they go different places and they do the same thing over and over again. And yeah. it's still going. So it's <laughs> nothing's different. That's funny. Uh yeah, so neither of us really had a anime background. Um I kind of had a problem with these. Like I couldn't watch them all in consecutive days. Like, I think when we did um the Cornetto trilogy last episode. Yeah. Those I could watch those in one whole day or back to back days, whatever. Yeah, this, I watched I watched those back to back days as well. Yeah, um, these I needed stuff in the middle. I think probably just because I'm not really used to this form of art or entertainment, um, so it wasn't something I could just you know pull a 180 and focus just on that, but. They had their moments, and whenever I was in that moment and gave these a watch, it was always great. Except, definitely, I think I mentioned it to you earlier, um, Spirited Away, for some reason, I don't remember anything about it that much, so I must have not have chosen a good moment to watch that one. Um, but, before we dive into the specific movies, um, like I mentioned earlier, um, kind of want to talk about these i guess studio ghibli as a whole and like what these movies mean for us and i guess the the film industry um and before that i want to talk about i guess the background of studio ghibli do you know anything about like the founders or anything like that um i know a little bit but not very much um the main thing i know is i heard that hayao miyazaki always wanted to be a filmmaker but with him starting in, I believe, the early 80s, mm-hmm. he um, there wasn't really a way for him to bring his imagination to life in live action. So he ended up realizing he had to do animation to be able to show what he wanted to show. Okay. Which makes sense, because if you think of anything that's in any of these movies, and if back at that time you tried to make it in live action, it would have looked awful. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's all just too imaginative. It's like it all just takes place in a bright, vivid world with creatures cool character designs just all kinds of stuff like that yeah um and something to touch on is like the animation still holds up oh all yeah. these look great um they'll look good in 100 years there's no yeah. aging to them at all so i think he definitely made the right move there um but like you said hayo miyazaki is that how you say it i yep. if i butcher any of these names that's on me. I'm, I'm just a white guy from Indiana. I don't know what, what to say. <laughs> um, but yeah, he is pretty much their main director. Him and Takahata. I don't know how to say his first name. Asao um, Takahata. Asao Takahata. Yeah. Uh, who was Hayao Miyazaki's mentor um, and directed some of the Studio Ghibli films. And the other main name to keep in mind is Toshio Suzuki and he's produced a bunch of the Studio Ghibli movies and um kind of got them all together but um here's a little bit of background on it this is from the Kingdom of Dreams and Madness documentary that's on HBO Max it is not in English so that kind of stunk um I'd never watched a documentary that wasn't in English. So it's a little 
I don't know. I had to pay more attention than I was planning on. Kind of just had to read the documentary. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> that would be difficult. Yeah. So Suzuki, the guy that produces most of the movies, um, he was given the task to start an animation magazine in three weeks for the company he worked for, and he had no knowledge of animation. wasn't even interested in it. So three weeks is a very quick time turnaround for him to start uh, an animation magazine. But his research led him to a company that had both Takahata and Miyazaki working at it. Um, Takahata was Miyazaki's mentor, technically. Um, He just kind of took him under his wing and showed him the ropes. And then Miyazaki split off with uh, Suzuki to make their first film, The Castle of Cagliostro, um, which I think was in the 80s, like 85. Um, And then they split off and made their first manga together, which eventually became Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind, um, which I think... No, it is not. I was like, I think that was the first one under the... um, under the Studio Ghibli name. But it was not. The first one was Castle in the Sky in 1986. Um, but yeah, they just got together and kept working after that. Studio Ghibli has, as of 2013, when the documentary came out, they have 400 employees. And that includes, they have like a museum and a nursery and stuff like that. Um, and they had about 100 working on... Just their newest movie at the time, which was The Wind Rises. Um, I was really impressed by the the company. It was like, I don't, it kind of reminded me of a school. Um, instead of like a, as opposed to what I would imagine Disney looking like. Yeah. Um, it's just like wooden desks and everyone was like sitting together. They didn't have like assigned desks or anything i'm sure they did but you know it was just right next to each other um it was really cool just like I, very collaborative yeah and i think that's, that's cool probably why it takes so long for them to put movies out yeah um also they don't create scripts they just work in storyboards which sounds so hard but i'm not very artistic so who knows it might be easier for someone who is artistic but that to sounds me, that, so complicated. That makes sense after watching these. Yeah. And it was it was really cool, too. They would show him just doodling, and he'd, like, make a very rough outline of a person and then just draw the landscape and then draw the next one, and it'd just take him, like, a minute or so to draw three different storyboards. That's um, wild. I wish I could do that. I know. It'd be so cool. But... I thought that was cool and wanted to bring it up. So that's probably why it takes them so long to put out movies. Um, they, they, yeah, they don't have a script. They just kind of storyboard as they go. And they even announce their films before the storyboards are complete. So they don't even know how the film's going to end. Obviously, they have a rough idea going on. Um, but they don't have it planned out they're just like yeah this is the movie and wow it's gonna come out this day it's kind of just like a stream of consciousness then yeah like well we're gonna start this with this concept and see where it takes us that's cool. yeah and 
I wanted to ask you about the titles of some of these films because, like, let me let me find one. Um, oh, Princess Mononoke. Yeah, it's not really about Princess Mononoke. Like, she's in it, but it was that one you'd seen. Uh, that's not one that I saw. Okay. Um. Yeah, it like she is in it, but she is definitely not the main character. And so I was like, I wonder if they started out, she was, and yeah, then as it probably it, just evolved over time. Yeah, and then she just became, I don't know, a side character. Um, I feel like That's there was another one. <clears throat> oh, like Howl's Moving Castle. I don't think Howl was the main character in that no. film. Um, but, oh man, I love that movie. Anyways, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I just think it's really interesting, the whole process that they create these films, and it's, like, so awesome to me that they can just do that, like, they have the the backing to do that, because if, I feel like in America these days, um, if someone wanted to do that, take a lot of time and be very artistic, not have a script, uh... They kind of get some backlash for it from production companies. Oh, I think they definitely would. It's, uh, I can't imagine a company, like, pitching an idea and be like, oh, well, how does this end? Where does this go? Oh, we don't know yet, but we're going to do it anyway. Like, that would not fly here. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think there's definitely got to be some cultural differences and stuff for that to work. And like you said, with it being like a school, kind of, and they keep everything very in-house. Yeah. Like, the only thing they really outsource for is i think they're like uh voice acting and stuff yeah and it actually did kind of show uh that documentary showed a pretty cool background on how they found the voice actors um it was for the i just said the name of it the wind the wind rises yeah the wind rises um they the people came to them and were like okay we have all these names pick which one you want and we'll get them for you. And he's just like, I don't want any of these. I, I kind of want it to be like a real person who isn't a voice actor. They're like, yeah, the problem about that is they're not a voice actor then. Yeah. Um, and then one of them suggested the person that ended up doing it. And he's just like, no, we couldn't do that. He has a weird voice. And then like, he sits there and thinks about it. And he's like, no, if we did that, like, like, it would change this character to be like this, and then he just kept thinking about it and was like, actually, maybe we could bring him in and see how he does, and then he had a very short... Um, yeah. Isn't it Joseph Gordon-Levitt in The Wind Rises as the yes. main character? This yeah. is the the uh, Japanese version. Oh, okay, I see. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, he, he came in and had a quick... I don't even know what it's called. Not interview. What are they... I'm blanking right Like an now. audition? Audition. There we yeah. go. Thank you. Um, he had a very short audition, and then they were just like, yeah, do you want the job? And he's just like, if you offer me a job, I can't decline it. You're yeah. uh, Hayao Miyazaki. Like, I can't decline that. And so he's like, cool, then you're the main character. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I know that, like, for the American dubs, they always get fairly well-known yeah. voice actors. There are so many or times I'd be watching and be Not like, even just 
Yeah, not even just voice actors, yeah. but just famous screen actors who do the voices. Yeah, like Howells is uh, Christian Bale. Christian Bale, yeah. And that, I was like, man, that sounds so familiar. And then at one point he does a deep voice and is like, oh, that's Batman. That's He's, Batman, He yeah. did his Batman yeah, there's, voice. There's a lot of people, a lot of voices I recognize throughout all these. Mm-hmm. And like, um, I've seen the Blu-ray cases and stuff, like the Steelbooks they've been putting yeah. out. And every time I look at those, it's like, oh my God, there's so many names in this. <laughs> yeah. It's really pretty cool. Um, yeah, it's really impressive how they get all these pretty awesome American actors in there. I wonder if the Japanese versions have, I guess, like huge Japanese actors, but I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so before we dive into specific movies, I kind of wanted to talk about I guess common three themes through all of these. Um, I feel like there's a lot going on and they all kind of tie together pretty easily. Um, is there any one or two words you would use to, I guess, encompass these films? Yes, there's one specifically and it'd be maturing. Okay. I think a lot of these stories are are basically like a gateway between childhood and adulthood. Yeah. They all involve characters growing up or having experiences that kind of show them more about life than they would have gotten just regularly. Mm-hmm. Especially um, the one that made me think of that most is Kiki's Delivery Service. I feel like all of these have, they all hit on the same topics, but I feel yeah. like each movie kind of dives into one of them specifically and then has all the other ones surrounding them it's Um, like they're all kind of about like growing up and realizing what you need to do okay to like yeah move on with your life or be a better person or just be able to sustain yourself just things like that it's a lot about growing up yeah and i even feel like um to just keep tying them back to some of the movies howl's moving castle I thought that one was kind of about, like, the fear of aging. Um, yes, I be- think so, too. Because they make her the ugliest yeah. <laughs> old woman ever, and then she just can barely walk and stuff like that. Um, but I do think it kind of wrestles with the um, the value of the age and maturity as well. Yeah. Because it's like that experience helps her grow, mm-hmm. and she kind of realizes, like, okay, well, this is just another part of life. Exactly. Um and since we talked about Kiki's, another one of the themes that I wanted to bring up is just metamorphosis. Because um, in that one, she morphs into an old lady, and Howl can turn into a big bird. Yep. And there's a just a ton of morphing in that. And um, another one I watched was The Cat Returns. I did not see that one. That was one of my favorite. Sorry if you can hear a dog barking. I don't oh, know what's okay. going on. Um, <laughs> that one was like, The Cat Returns is probably my favorite, but cool. I don't think it's the best. It was just, it hit me at the right time. Um, just hit you right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll actually, since we won't talk about that one later, I'm just going to read the description for it for you right now. Yeah, go ahead. After helping a cat... A 17-year-old girl finds herself involuntarily engaged to a cat prince in a magical world where her only hope of freedom lies with a dapper cat statuette come to life. 
And so that sounds interesting. It sounds like a Ghibli movie. Yeah. Uh, she like saves this cat's life, and then they all are trying to. They're just like, "Oh, you're our princess now. You got to marry this cat prince." And I thought that was so funny. Also, the day before, I saved a bird that was like trapped in one of our like basement window things. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a bird that couldn't get out, so I saved it. And then I watched this movie. And it was like, what if they're trying to ma- get me to marry a bird <laughs> princess right now? Um, thought it was funny, but that one has awesome voice actors too. Um, I think, uh, what's his name? Uh, Tim Curry. Okay. Yeah, he does like the. That's cool. He's like the king cat, um, and I think. Kristen Bell is in it, and okay, Anne yeah. Hathaway. That's cool. Yeah. Um, but love that one. And she starts turning into a cat, so metamorphosis is how I got there. Um, yeah, there's metamorphosis in um, Spirited Away, too, for sure. Like, um, her... I remember. <laughs> uh, at the beginning, she doesn't really change form, but she kind of, like, becomes a... Uh, she's almost, like, becoming a spirit, Oh, yeah. And um, her parents as well, whenever they eat all the food and become, like, pig people. Yeah, exactly. Um, There's a lot of... Not violent, but... I don't don't know the word I'm looking for. The body horror in this... Yeah. ...is pretty rough. Yeah, it goes beyond what you think would be in, like, kids' movies. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, some of these are kind of scary. Like, when you see stuff changing... um, yeah, I don't know. I could definitely... Spirited Away was one that I am surprised is a kid's movie. Yeah. Me too. Uh, and one more that I wanted to touch on, because I feel like it was evident in a lot of them, is environmentalism. Um, is like humans and technology versus nature and spirits. Um, the, the main one for that was Princess Mononoke. It is very evident in that because it's literally like the bad guys in it just want to destroy the forest to kill all the spirits. So it was very yeah. heavy handed in that. Um, but it was still awesome, obviously. I think that um, Nausicaa takes place in like a post apocalyptic. Like yeah. all the resources are gone, like yeah. like that kind of a world too. So that definitely has some environmentalism in it. That's not yeah. one that I've seen, but yeah, I think a and, lot of them do touch on that. And I've seen, uh, at least from the documentary, that war was is kind of a huge influence on these movies. Um, some of them are just about war, and uh, I think Howl's movie Castle has a war going on in it. Yeah. But um, Miyazaki's Miyazaki was born in 1941 during World War II. Um, so from the sounds of it, it sounds like he has looked at the impacts of that war, like coming of age after the war and seeing like how it affected his culture and his community. Uh, he seems to like to include some of those messages into his films. Yeah, I think that would definitely impact you quite a bit, being from somewhere in that kind of a time Mm -hmm. where a war had been fought there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, a little rough. Definitely. Um, And I guess another thing I wanted to touch on is 
I think they do a great job in all of these films to make everyday mundane things very magical and immersive, like cleaning in Howl's Castle, uh, eating in oh, Spirited food. Away. The food in these movies just looks amazing. Yeah, uh, like rain and, I don't know, jobs, pretty much anything. Everything just yeah. seems has a magical touch to it. Like in Spirited Away, the like uh, coal-burning stove that heats the baths at the bathhouse with the um, the soot gremlins, I think they call them, the little like black speck things that yeah. carry the coal and all that. And those were in Totoro, too. Like those exactly. Those throughout throughout Ghibli stuff. It's just kind of cool, those connective tissue throughout all the movies that tie them all together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that one, whenever... I don't think they named them in Spirited Away. They might have. Um... But in Totoro, they call them soot gremlins, and I just got real pumped. Yeah, whenever I first saw those, I was like, oh man, I love these things. Like, yeah. These are perfect character design. In uh, Spirited Away, I do remember, they all kill themselves, Yeah, and so she <laughs> has to do the work. Uh, that one was good. Um, and one more thing to... That I was hoping to touch on. I do have a quote from Miyazaki. um, Kind of about the realism in his movies. As opposed to magic and stuff like that. So, here we go. I'm going to try to read. Wish me luck. Anime may depict fictional worlds. But I nonetheless believe that at its core. It must have a certain realism. Even if the world depicted is a lie. The trick is to make it seem as real as possible. Stated another way, the animator must fabricate a lie that seems so real, viewers will think the world depicted might possibly exist. And I think some of the movies do a better job at that and are more situated in reality, but have like, I don't know, quirks. Uh, Like Kiki's Delivery Service. That could be kind of a normal world, except she's a witch. Um, yeah, she's not in, like, a spirit world, or... Yeah. There's not, like, giant creatures roaming around. It's just, a like, a normal world where this little girl's a witch and... Exactly. ...is able to fly around on a broom. And then there's the other ones where there are just massive creatures and no one is normal. Yeah. Um, that I don't understand his uh, part of the quote in those. Um, but I still feel like the characters, at least, are still they still have a certain realism to them. Um, and then in those cases, the worlds are, I guess, more fabricated. Yeah. Or part of the world's fabricated. Like in Totoro, it's, it feels fairly yeah. normal, like normal countryside life. And then there's creatures out in the woods that want to come out and play. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I did want to ask you, do you have any friends that have seen all of these or, big into them no not really i have friends that have seen a couple of them but nobody that's really like super into it or anything so when we decided this was our next episode um i asked a bunch of my friends because i knew they watched anime i was like hey we're doing these studio ghibli films and they were just like oh is that like spirited away and that stuff i was like yeah and they're just like oh never seen them i just stick to tv shows yeah and i was like I I guess I never thought of it. I've always had the argument of like TV shows versus movies, 
And I never, I didn't even contemplate that anime would have like that same argument going on within it. Yeah, I th- I feel like most people who watch anime watch it on TV. Yeah. And if they do watch movies, it's usually movies that are a part of a story that they're already watching on TV. Okay. Like the like the Dragon Ball Z movies yeah. that come out in theaters and stuff like yeah. that. Gotcha. I just I I kept asking around and people were like, "No, I haven't seen any of the movies. I just watched all these TV shows." I was like, "Yeah. Man. That's surprising." Um and one more thing, since you're a music guy, I keep saying yeah. one more thing for pretty much all of them. <laughs> uh, one more thing is the music in these. Um, if I went to YouTube, just search Studio Ghibli, and pretty much the top seven or eight videos were just like, Studio Ghibli, relaxing background music. Yeah, and- I saw that too. <laughs> I was like, man, the music's really good, and it mm-hmm. really does a good job of putting you in that world. But I didn't realize there was like an entire subset of people who just listen to this music all the time. I know. It was kind of crazy to me. Like, I I remember watching, I don't I don't remember the exact movie, but watching one of them just, just being impressed that like the animation's great, the story's great, and then the music was great. Yeah. And I was like, like what, what else do they need to do? Studio Ghibli relaxing jazz and Boston Nova music, 29 million views. <laughs> That's that's crazy. Yeah, I. Hey, everyone has their has their thing. Yeah, um, the music's good. Yeah, can't say it's not good. It it definitely fits. And yeah, if you are looking for just like some calming background music, that that could be can't the way go, to go wrong. Yeah, might check that out. See how see how it is. See that's it what fits. I was thinking. Um, maybe if I can't sleep one night, throw it on. Yeah, see how that goes. Um. Oh, god damn it, I'm going to say it again. One more thing. One more thing. <laughs> uh, about, I mentioned that Takahata was Miyazaki's mentor for a while. Um, took him under his wing. They did split apart for a little bit, and they both work for Studio Ghibli. They sometimes produce each other's films, um, but nothing too crazy. They don't collaborate as much as they used to. But they asked Suzuki about them um, because they released their films around the same time. Like in 2013, uh, The Tale of Princess Kaguya and um, The Wind Rises both came out in 2013. And so they asked Suzuki, the producer, he's like, why why would you guys release these at the same time? And he's just like, oh, they're rivals. Um it helps them to compete <laughs> against each other, and it makes them release better films. And yeah. then after that, it cut to Miyazaki, and he was just roasting Takahata. He said, he's just like, he can't make movies anymore. He said, and the person interviewing him was like, what, what, what do you mean? Like He's making one right now. And he's like, no, he's making one, but he's not trying to finish it. He just can't finish making wow. movies anymore. And I was like... Jeez, he's roasting this guy. Well, I can add on to that, because um, it's surprising to hear them talk about each other like that, or specifically mm-hmm. hear Miyazaki talk about Takahata like that. But um, Goro Miyazaki, 
who's Hayao Miyazaki's son, okay. who's directed a few Studio Ghibli movies. Yeah. He did, um, I think, Tales from Earthsea, which is one that people kind of panned when it came out. Mm-hmm. And it's known as one of the worst ones. I've not seen it. It might be amazing. Yeah. And he also did recently the uh, Earwig and the Witch. <laughs> yeah. The first 3D animated Ghibli movie that looks really, really bad. Yeah, it does not and, have um, good reviews. Hayao has actually talked about his son. Let me see if I can find the exact quote that I'm remembering. But it's okay. kind of crazy. He also did From Up on Poppy Hill. Yes, I've heard that one's really good. Okay. I have not heard of that one. I do... I haven't seen any of Takahata's films, but I do really want to watch The Tale of Princess Kaguya and um, the really sad one. Grave of oh, the Fireflies. Grave of the, Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah. I've heard that is okay. So Miyazaki, this is um, from Tales from Earthsea. An hour into Tales from Earthsea, Miyazaki bolted from the theater to have a cigarette, saying, "It feels like I was sitting there for about three hours." <laughs> he returned and watched the rest of the film. When it finished, he asked what he thought. He replied, "I saw my own child. He hasn't become an adult. That's all." Oh my gosh. And then he paused and said, it's good that he made one movie. With that, he should stop. (laughs) That's terrible. That is so mean. I just... I don't understand how you can say that about (laughs) your own kid who's trying to kind of follow in your footsteps and make movies. Like, man, if you just tell him to stop, how's he... If you Even if you do think it's terrible, if you just tell him to stop, how's he ever going to get better? Exactly. You know? Um, And that's just... Seems kind of pretentious. Super in, brilliant guy, but yeah. In the documentary, he they kept asking him like about his legacy and stuff, and uh, he was just like, "Yeah, whenever we're gone, like whenever him and Takahata are gone, he's like, no one will ever make movies like we do again." Um, I think they're yeah. probably right. Like, yeah, I think so. I think once they're gone and both are getting up there, um, you got Goro who. Has, you know, Tales from the Earth Sea, which has just got that rave review, and Earwig and the Witch. That's not really a great foundation to no. build off of. Um, and like we mentioned earlier, other studios and companies probably won't give this much artistic reign to the directors behind them. So, yeah. Oh. Miyazaki, he kind of reminds me in that way, like the way that he talks about people and stuff, as like an inverse David Lynch. Like you watch you watch David Lynch's movies and you're like, oh my god, what fucked up person made these? <laughs> and then you just see this friendly old man who wants to sit and like have a coffee with you. But yeah. with Miyazaki, these movies have such like a friendly and good energy to them. And then he's just like, yeah, my son sucks. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. That's so true. And... They will have, they have one movie slated to come out soon. Um, yeah, tw- like 2023, I think. Yeah. Yep. How Do You Live? And that one will be Hayao Miyazaki. So. I like that title. Yeah. That's cool. I've I've heard him say that this will probably be his last one. Yeah. Um, he's over 80 now, so. Yeah. Probably getting up there and can retire pretty soon. Yep. Okay. I think we've. We've gone about an hour um, talking about just the movies in in general, or I guess Studio Ghibli. Um, 
I kind of want to connect this back. I wrote down a few questions. They might not be good. They were very quick questions. Um, but for you, as a film lover, uh, we both try to expand what we watch. Um, how do you think watching these Studio Ghibli movies has affected you as a film lover? It kind of opened me up to a whole different type of movie. Because like we talked about earlier, I've never really been very into anime. Mm-hmm. And even after watching these and enjoying them, I wouldn't say I'm into anime. Because that's a very this is a very small segment of what anime has to offer. Yeah. But um, it's interesting seeing animation from a different country. Uh, like, yeah. I've, I've kind of dove into more foreign films and stuff in the last couple of years. But all the animation I've seen has usually just been American. Yeah. So seeing this is really cool because it's like, okay, this is a whole... It's animation still, but it's just totally different. And the fact that it is all hand-drawn mm-hmm. and just made so meticulously makes it a lot cooler, too. Yeah, that's true. Because I watch it and with like every movement you see, like especially the uh, scene in Spirited Away where she's like moving through the flowers. Oh, yeah. I was just like, oh my god, that is hand-drawn. How did <laughs> yeah. they do this? And there's a lot of those kind of moments which is like, wow, a lot of effort went into this. Yeah. Um, in the the documentary, they do kind of show a part where they're drawing all the background characters in a scene. And it's it's like literally just people walking on a street. And they just put so much effort. They're like, look at the way this guy's right knee is moving. They're like, something about that doesn't seem natural. Let's just redraw yeah. his whole thing. And then he just took a completely different route. And I was like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, for me, I think these have, like, I don't know why I watch uh, foreign films all the time. Um, and I don't know why I thought it would be a huge difference to watch animated foreign films. Um, but it's, to me, it's no different than watching, you know, uh, a Kurosawa movie or something. I mean, obviously it's different, but I don't know why it took me so long to, I guess, dive into these. I guess it was just because they were animated and maybe because they're for kids. Um, Yeah, I kind of see them as more of for kids than even like some Pixar movies are and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of that's probably just the marketing. Because like I've seen a lot of people refer to Ghibli as the Japanese Pixar. Okay. So I feel like these movies are kind of over there what like pixar is to us here like oh even kids and adults go see them and enjoy them yeah but these are definitely that for people in japan gotcha. and even here i think a lot of people here enjoy it too or they yeah, wouldn't be as big as they are i've been surprised that like whenever i put a few of these on my instagram stories how many people slid up and were just like oh my gosh i used to watch this movie all the time when i was a kid and just completely forgot yeah. about it until right now um i didn't watch any of these as a kid but I kind of wish I did. Um, and Miyazaki did say he made one of these movies. He makes his the movies for kids, but he made one of them for adults, and it was Porco Ro- Rosso. Rosso. Yeah, um, I have not seen that one. It's the one where there's like a fighter pilot who's a pig. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's what the picture is. Um, it has a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes, but he was just like, yeah, I made that for adults, and it sucks. Not doing that again. I'm just going to make kids movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I wonder how different it is. I wonder if it's more mature feeling or anything. I don't know. It the description said like a action comedy. So who knows? Um might have to check that one out. Um let's see. I think that one had some voice talent in it that I recognized as well. Really? Just I, from I assume they all do. A little bit. Now that I'm looking not, at... Not so much. Carrie Elway's from uh, okay. Princess Bride. Yeah. He's the only name that I recognize, I think. Gotcha. At least from what I'm seeing now. Yeah. But yeah, they've all got, like, somebody in them. Yeah. I... I'm... Yeah, some of them just have so many just stacked characters. It has uh, Roger Bumpus, who is the voice of Squidward in Spongebob. Oh, I don't, okay. I don't know how big of a role he plays or anything, but he's on the list. That's so all that's you cool. need. Yeah. I love seeing people from Spongebob pop up. I know. I never knew that... Who's the Cl- guy that You're going to say Clancy Brown? Yeah, I didn't yeah. know he was Mr. Krabs. <laughs> yep. He's that in is, so much. That is in so crazy to me. Yeah. That is okay. wild. He's been in a lot of things. <laughs> so, why... Why do you think these differ from... Like, the the animated stuff we grew up with. Is it just because they're foreign? Or, like, I feel like these probably have much deeper topics going on than some of the stuff we grew up with. Like, I know they all have a little bit yeah, um, there's always of meaning. Something like, Finding there. Nemo and stuff like that. Like, there's meanings to them. Um, but something about the Studio Ghibli films seems deeper maybe it's because i've seen disney movies more and yeah know what to expect i think part of what it is is with like the disney movies and stuff this is nothing against them it's just the the way they do their storytelling they make sure you get the message like this movie is about being nice to people this movie is about loving your family like but with these movies they don't just come out and slap you in the face with the message like it's more kind of embedded in the movie itself Okay, that makes sense. I never like, thought of that. Like, I feel like little kids could watch these and enjoy the visuals and stuff and still not really get the message mm-hmm. as much. Like, it's mm-hmm. definitely there, but I feel like with something like Disney, it's like, okay, everybody knows what this is about. Yeah. But with these, it's a little easily, a little more easily missable. That's true. Okay, and just while we're on the, the topic, do you have a favorite disney movie uh i don't know if i have a favorite disney movie i have a favorite pixar movie okay my favorite pixar movie is up okay i love up um i don't know which ones are pixar and which aren't but i like ratatouille okay is that pixar that's pixar yeah okay cool it's a good movie yeah i need to watch that again soon but I love Ratatouille. The yeah. the in sixth grade I broke my wrist and I stayed up and I watched Ratatouille and Up. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll remember that for the rest of my life. Definitely. Um, back a while ago at Best Buy there was a sale for the Steelbooks, mm-hmm. and a bunch of them were like five bucks. So like Damn. I got Ratatouille for five bucks, four K Steelbook. Got all the Toy Story movies. I really like Toy Story also. Yeah. The first one is really good. They're all good, but yeah, the first one's probably my favorite still. I never watched any of the like 
the classic classic disney movies or anything like that so i wonder if if those would be more similar to studio ghibli maybe Um, like the the pre-computer animated stuff yeah like tarzan and uh little mermaid that type of tarzan tarzan's really good i've i've heard that from my roommate he tells me all the the soundtrack's amazing phil collins yeah yeah okay um do you want to just start diving into these movies one by one, talk a little bit about them, see how yeah, we let's feel? Do it. Okay. I guess is there I'll let you pick one to start with. I'm going to start with one of the two that I have the most to say about cuz um while I enjoyed Kiki's and Howl's, I just kind of like you a spirited away. They kind of just came and went for me. Like I okay. I don't know if I just wasn't in the right mindset or what, but they didn't stick with me as much. Okay. But um, I'll go in the order that I watched them, and My Neighbor Totoro was the first that I watched. Okay. And when it started with the song, I was like, oh man, this is really for kids. Okay, I, was like, I don't how? remember a song. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this. <laughs> but luckily, the little musical number at the beginning was just at the beginning and at the end during the credits, and the rest was really, really enjoyable. Like I love the landscapes, the um, mm-hmm. the little house they move to on the countryside whenever they're moving in and everything. Mm-hmm. It kind of like takes the feeling you have as a kid whenever something new like that is happening. It's like magical. Yeah, and it enhances okay. that by injecting actual magic into it. Okay, I like that. Um, it's kind of just like the feeling you have being a little kid with extra kick added from the magic, like yeah forest spirit stuff going on this one i i definitely i didn't think i was gonna like it as much as i did but i loved it like i'm looking at my notes right now and all of them have like six exclamation marks next yeah. to them and i'm just like cat bus because <laughs> oh, the, the cat, cat bus, bus is, is awesome so cool. yeah um uh i there's a few things i didn't like about the movie not like the plot or characters or anything but i don't like the maybe it's not underwear but when the little girls run, it looks like they got whitey tidies on. Yeah. That's weird. I noticed that. I was like, this is weird. <laughs> like, this must like, be a Japanese thing or something, because like, they, they, this would not fly in an American it, cartoon. Yeah, that is like, it's, it's gotta be pretty easy to just make the skirts a little bit longer, Yeah, where you don't have to draw underwear. It's like, you know somebody went out of their way to do that, too. Exactly. Which makes it weirder. Yeah, um... And also thought it was kind of weird. The dad was kind of weird because they all took a bath together. Yeah, Uh, that was weird. You know, who knows? I just thought it was weird. I know it's a kid's movie and I probably should. Trying to save water, I guess. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But other than that, I loved it. I liked, obviously, Totoro and then all his little little buddies. Uh, When they, like, go out and plant a plant like an acorn and then all the trees start growing yeah i love that scene one thing that kind of surprised me about the movie is like i'd only ever just seen like art of totoro and like the picture of them all standing at the bus stop with the leaf Mm -hmm. on his head and stuff yeah i never expected him to like make any sounds or anything but whenever the little girl first meets him he's just like totoro he like yells i was like what i was like i I thought he was gonna just be silent and that really surprised me that he talked not really talked but he just kind of grumbled out his name yeah i was like and oh, that's cool when it rains and he like he jumps up and like gets a lot of stuff going and just yeah. screams i was like 
what is going on right now? Um, He's just like chaotic. Yeah. But, oh, one thing I, I wrote down, I said Totoro doesn't even have to say anything. And you just instantly feel held by him with that smile. Yeah. Um, He's just yeah. friendly. Yeah. I would, um, a Totoro stuffed animal, that'd be awesome. I'm sure that they make cool. them. But I need one. I guarantee they do. They're probably like $100. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will pick the next one. Go ahead. If that's cool with you. Perfect. Um, let's go to Kiki's Delivery Service. This one I actually have the most notes for out of all okay. of them. Um, I'll let you primarily. I'll jump in. Okay. You go um, What I liked about this one was, I guess, oh, I, I didn't read the uh, descriptions. Like I yes. always said I was going to. Um, oh, man, I didn't even have my neighbor Totoro pulled up. Okay, so, description for my neighbor Totoro. When two girls move to the country to be near their ailing mother, they have adventures with a wondrous for or with the wondrous forest spirits who live nearby. I forgot about the whole mother aspect of that yeah. movie. Um, it kind of falls to the wayside a little bit. Yeah, but at one point I was like, is their mom going to die? Because I was, I had heard some of these movies were sad. Yeah. Um, and I was really worried that she was going to die and I was going to bawl my eyes out. At the end, I thought it was weird. Like, she just has a cold. I was like, then why is she at the hospital? <laughs> yeah, why did they move <laughs> yeah. across, move to the country or whatever? Um, yeah, that was weird. But, great movie. So, Kiki's. Um, Kiki's came out in 1989. Here's the description. A young witch on her mandatory year of independent life finds fitting into a new community difficult while she supports herself by running an air courier service. Um, I, I will say one thing to start off. It's kind of crazy. I think she's supposed to be 13. Yeah. That a 13-year-old has a year of mandatory alone time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Go out to the they world. See her <laughs> oh, she meets that other witch at the beginning, like when she's flying, yeah. and there's like a peppy, preppy witch. And that witch was so mean to her. Yeah. Um, I don't remember anything she said, but I was just real upset. The animation during the flight scenes is really, really cool. Yeah. Like, it all looks really good. Yeah. Like I said, with the like these movies, they won't really age. Or they'll age well, but they won't, mm-hmm. like, have signs of age. Because, like, that's 89, true. you know, that's that's been a little bit. Yeah. And it could have, um, like, it, when you watch it, it's like, oh, this could have been made today. Exactly. I loved, I think Phil Hartman was the talking cat. Yes. That was great. Um, yeah, Phil Hartman was awesome. Yeah. Whenever I started watching this, I had no clue it was about witches. And so whenever she like hops on her broom and takes off, I got pretty pumped. I don't know why. I'm not like a big witch guy. Uh, yeah. Um, but I was real pumped. Um, Have we talked about Jingle All the Way? <laughs> Just a quick aside because of Phil Hartman. <laughs> We personally haven't, but I do I know, have an episode I, on I, it. I thought you had... I know that I was not, but I thought you did have an episode about that. That's, yes. That's cool. Yeah. That was my first time seeing him in anything. And just, just wanted to mention. I feel like now I've seen him 
a lot of different places since they know who he is. Yeah, I've seen some of his like SNL stuff too. Okay, I have not. Um, so yeah, pretty much she starts the delivery service. I don't remember how she starts it. Um, oh, the the lady like forgot her stuff and is taking her baby down. Yeah, and she's like, "Oh, I can del- I can go take this to her." And hops on her broomstick and goes and delivers it to her. Um, what I did like about this is she starts to lose her powers. Like she stops becoming a witch. She's like turning into a normal girl. Um, she hooks, she meets that one boy. Uh, I can't remember his name. Um. I'm not sure it's that important. It starts with a T, right? Tombo. Tombo, yep. Yeah. He, I don't know why, he reminded me of myself. Um, <laughs> I don't know, I just loved him. He was pretty nerdy, but I was a big fan. Um, yeah, she starts hanging out with him, starts losing her powers, and kind of freaks out about it, but they all, I guess, magically come back at the end of the day when she needed them most. Yep, they um, came back when she needed them. Because she's not, able to do everything and save him and <laughs> yeah, all that good stuff. Not sure if that's the the best ending out there or if I'm missing something and it means more. Yeah, um, it felt kind of just like, well, it's got to end. She needs her power. She we can't end the movie without her powers. So let's give her yeah. something that'll make her like dig deep and just be able to do it fine. Exactly. And it's like, oh, well, her well her boyfriend might die. She'll save him. Yeah. Um, in this one, I did write, there was an abrupt ending. I think she saves him, and it's like people clap, and then it just ends. Like, there's there's nothing yeah. after that. Um, and there is a remake. Were you familiar with that? I did not know there was a remake, really. Yes. Um, let, me, let me pull up the info for that. Service remake is what I should have typed. Um, came out in 2014 and is a live action film. Really? Yeah. Wow. Um, gotta see what this looks like. Doesn't look like it has the best reviews. 46% on Rotten Tomatoes. I meant to look up if other ones had remakes as well because i'm i'm sure some of them do um but i kind of i guess i would have expected like a i don't know more of a disney version of it like that type of animation i was gonna say this this screams like a disney channel movie (laughs) like that's what i get from looking at these stills yeah it does not look really bad (laughs) (laughs) i'd be interested to see what it's like though honestly Mm -hmm. like i would check it out (laughs) <laughs> you should and you should tell me how it is well dude, if i, I can even find it, it anywhere yeah. <laughs> it's probably impossible to find that is true um so what was your opinion on kiki's yeah i, I know you it. said it, this one i think didn't... like the abrupt ending kind of is what i don't want to say that's what like turned me off of it but i was just watching it and i enjoyed it but it just felt more like it's kind of like a lazy river of a movie Okay. Like, I didn't really feel super pulled in at any point. I was just like, yeah, this is pretty to watch. I like the animation. This is cool. And then it ends. I was like, oh. So we weren't really, like, going anywhere big with this. It just kind of okay. came and went. I can see that. Um, I think 
This one especially, it just had a lot of like side plots going on that I wasn't sure what like the main plot was. Yeah. Um so I don't know that that could be it. Like there's just a lot going on and none of it was like Yeah, it's kind of too... spread a little thin. Yeah. Um but I really liked it and you suck because you didn't really like it. No, I yeah, I that's all I got for for Kiki's. If you don't have anything else, I don't have then, much to add for it. Okay, you can pick the next film that we dabble on. I'm gonna say Spirited Away, which uh, this was my favorite of the four. I liked it a lot. I I really just enjoyed how it kind of bookends in the real world. Like we start out in the real world and then we end in the real world, but the mm-hmm. the rest is just crazy. There's a lot in these about just, like, people going and, like, getting jobs. Like, yeah. oh, gotta go get a job, gotta go do something. Yeah. Which I think is kind of what makes me think of, like, the maturity aspect of it. But, um, I think it's Chihiro, right? Who yes. Is, yeah. I thought she was a good main character. Um, No-Face was a lot different than I expected. I didn't really expect No-Face to be much of a character. Okay. Like, I figured he was just gonna be that like solemn silent thing that you see all the time i thought he he was a sidekick yeah he he does more and is like more outgoing than i thought he was gonna be because he's Mm -hmm. like eating a bunch and like yelling and freaking out all the time i was like i was like i did not expect this guy to sound like a big funny like goofball demon type guy so that kind of surprised me i was like that's not what i thought this character was gonna be (laughs) Um, can I read the description real quick? Yes, go ahead. Okay. During her family's move to the suburbs, a sullen 10-year-old girl wanders into a world ruled by gods, witches, and spirits, and where humans are turned, or are changed into beasts. Yeah, this one I was very excited to dive into, just because if you look up, like, best movies of all time, this one's always up there. It's always there. Um... So I started with this one, and yeah, I just, I don't even remember the ending. There's one scene I distinctly remember, and it was her, like, walking down that big staircase, and I was just terrified for her, because I don't like heights. Um, And then there's the cool, like, spider dude that controls stuff. Yeah, I I thought that was really cool. He controls the heat for the bathhouse, with all his arms and the... So gremlins and stuff. Yeah. I um, thought that part was really cool. He reminded me of, like, Dr. Eggman from the old Sonic games with that mustache. Like, that's what I thought of the entire time I saw him. I don't know what that is. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I really liked how... It was kind of weird in the beginning whenever her parents were like, we gotta eat all the food here. Yeah. And she was just like, don't do that. You're being dumb. Don't do that. And they're just... <laughs> it's like they're the kids and she's the adult, kind of. Yep. I I only have three notes for this movie. And the first one is her parents suck. They're ignoring her, not even waiting for her. Yeah. And they're eating food that they don't even own. Yep. It was kind of like, well, let's find a way to get to get her over here. <laughs> and like they're just stupid. Yeah. Um, but, um at the end, like she gets them back cuz the witch lady asks her to identify which pigs were her parents. Mm-hmm. And she says, they're not there. They're not there at all. And she was right. Okay. So they get turned back into people and they get to leave and they go to their, they leave out of the same like gateway thing that they came back, yeah. came in from. 
Okay. And I just feel I like whenever remember. she leaves, she's a much different person than she was when she went in, even though it's a pretty short trip. I hope her parents are changed for the better, too. Because I don't, I don't think yeah. they realize what had happened. Exactly. That kind of sucks, because she was already, like, a good kid. Yeah. And they sucked. Like, they're the ones that should have had the maturation or the change, and they just like, all right, time to go to the new house. <laughs> yeah. Um... I don't know. I I did like this one. I just wish I connected with it more and came away with more for it. Um, Because of how important I hear it is, I don't even... Like I said, I don't remember much of it. I don't remember the climax or anything. I don't know if it was just the night I watched it or whatever. Um, This was the first one I watched. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe it was... It's so critically acclaimed that I was expecting... To just be blown away, and I was like, it's alright, yeah. or something I, like that. I liked it a lot. I liked it the most of the four, but I wouldn't necessarily say that I was blown away either. I think I've okay. just had, like, so many expectations for it, and just okay. heard that it's amazing. And I really liked it. It's like a, it's a solid, solid movie. Yeah. But it wasn't the, like, 10 out of 10 best animated movie ever that people say that it is, in my okay. opinion. I, I felt similarly, but... I think if if someone told me this was their favorite animated film, I wouldn't think like they're wrong. No, I I'd wouldn't be like, either. oh, I can one hundred percent see it. Totally it's just get that. Something about yeah. it didn't work for me. Um, I wasn't blown away, and I wasn't spirited away. <laughs> uh, there you go. Okay, so next up, you want to go to Howl's Moving Castle? Yes, I will say this one has my favorite voice performance of any of them. Just okay. because it was interesting to hear Christian Bale all throughout this. Like, <laughs> it I, was. I really liked that. That was cool. Like, his voice is very recognizable to me. It is. I'm going to read the description real quick. When an unconfident young woman is cursed with an old body by a spiteful witch, her only chance of breaking the spell lies with a self-indulgent yet insecure young wizard and his companions in his legged walking castle. My first note for this movie is, Oh, it's actually a moving castle. Yep. Got it. Not sure what I was expecting, but I wasn't expecting a moving castle. Yeah, it's very literal in that way. Yeah. And this is another one that kind of deals with war because like Sophie's country is at war with their neighbors. I don't remember either of the country's names or anything or if they were even said. But so this one, um, I think they said that Totoro takes place in post-war Japan. And I know this okay. is more of like a fantasy setting, but it's kind of interesting to see one in the midst of a war, not after. Yeah, that's true. How'd you feel about Howl as a character? I liked him, but um, like you said, I kind of expected him to be the absolute focus of the movie, and he wasn't, which kind of threw me off. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm ready for a Christian Bale-centered animated okay. movie, and he was more of a side character. He wasn't yeah. the big guy. Which I... I don't think that was a bad thing. No. Um, at least for me. I think one common thing in the movies we've talked about so far is it's like a little girl is the main character. Um, so that was kind of hard for like to relate to. Yeah. Um, and that's why I was I was looking forward to this one because I was like, oh, hell, that's a dude. Yeah. And then he wasn't the main character again. And I was like, well, what do I got to do? So that's why I ended up I watched Princess Mononoke, and it, yeah, where the, the main princess is not the main character. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, 
it seems like okay. most of the main characters are girls in these. Yeah. I know that, like, I think Up on Poppy Hill is kind of based on, like, a couple. I think, yeah, The Wind Rises is mainly about a guy. Uh, I was, I was going to say only yesterday, but I don't remember. That might be about a girl, too. I don't know. There's so many, it's hard to keep them all straight, yeah. especially when I've not seen them all. That's true. So, yeah, I I liked Howl. Um, I loved his... How they like could like turn that knob and come out at different places. That was really cool. And yeah. um, Billy Crystal as the flame. I can't remember his name. Uh, Calcifer. Yeah, Calcifer. Yeah. It it was cool. But one of my favorite things about this is like like I said, the visual aspect of all these is awesome. But um, I had always heard of Castle in the Sky, and I'd always heard of How's Moving Castle, mm-hmm. and I think I had them in my mind as that they were one movie. So, like, before I watched this, I pictured the castle flying around. Okay. But it, it having legs was even cooler. Yeah. Like, I thought that was really an interesting image. It moves so uniquely. Like, yeah. I've never seen anything move like that before. And it was so impressive from an animation perspective. They could have easily just, like, I don't know, given it wheels or something. But, like, yeah. it, it's big and hulking. And and... They, they get the scale right, too. It's like it. It's such a big thing. So seeing it move through these landscapes, yeah, and take them everywhere is really cool. And I really liked the turnip head. Yeah, <laughs> in this, I don't know why, uh, but anytime she she becomes an old lady, um, and there's just this turnip head on a stick with like a suit, and it ends up being the prince or something. Yeah, it's like a like a scarecrow type looking person. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah, I really liked him. He just hops around everywhere and, like, helped out but couldn't speak. So that was really cool. Like I said with the uh, maturity aspect of these, or maturing, I I really liked how, near the end, like, her hair stays white. Okay. Even when she goes back younger. I don't even so think I noticed that. So it's like the experience of her being made older stuck with her. Like, so she's physically younger again, but it's like... Mentally, okay. she still realizes kind of what she went through, and that's still with her in a way. I thought it was interesting that the the best part of that spell was she couldn't tell anyone about it. Yeah. So it makes it kind of tough. Yep, makes it harder to break. <laughs> and she she's like, she ends up saving the witch that I think is the Witch of the Waste. Yeah. Um, That put the spell on her and turned her into an old lady. Ends up like saving her and taking care of her, and then she's one of the, the group. Yep. And it's like... Good on, good on you. Like, yeah. not not everyone would do that. Also, I, I don't know why. I just love when she cleans the castle. Because yeah. inside of it, it's Howl and uh, Markle. Yeah. Um, and it's, like, it's messed up, very dirty. <laughs> and then she comes in there and makes it so spotless. Um, loved it. And like you said, even the mundane things like that, like the cleaning or eating, are made kind of magical and exciting with the animation. Yeah. I, don't, I can't tell you. What makes any of these movies different from the like the other ones? Like, yeah, they have a very similar feeling. Yeah, um, and they're all just they're very refreshing to watch. I can't watch, like I said earlier, I can't watch too many of them in a row, or else I think I'd get burned out. Yeah, but they're like they're awesome palate cleansers. And, oh yeah, like, comfort movies. I get that. I think that I think they are comfort movies for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of why they've stuck in so many people's minds as they remember watching them when they were younger and it kind of brings that same feeling when you watch it now yeah that's all i had for howls you got anything else that you wanted to add i don't really have anything to add for it i think you got it covered 
I think that's that's our last one. I do kind of want to touch on Princess Mononoke real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Um, you should talk about that one since you've seen it. Yeah, that one had more of like a Lord of the Rings fantasy, like adventure fantasy vibe for me. And I think I liked that more, like even compared to Howl's, it, it had something like a... I don't, I don't know, like Lord of the Rings vibe, Middle Earth, I guess. Um, and it was wildly violent. Like this guy's shooting bow and arrows, and it just like decapitate their head. That's wild. And yeah, I, that oh, I was, was one. That I was, was a little surprised by the blood and Spirited Away. I meant to say that when we were talking about it. Yeah. But um, whenever Haku is like in the dragon form, and he's oh, like getting yeah. hurt, and he's all bloody, I was like, wow, that that I did not expect to see this in this movie. Yeah, exactly. And I kind of and... liked that they went that they went there. Yeah, Princess Mononoke is also is the same thing. There's a lot of blood. I loved it. I loved them all. What am I saying? Yeah. Each one, as soon as we talk about it, I'm like, this might be my favorite. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely plan on watching the rest. I, I would even like to give Earwig and the Witch a try just to see how Ghibli translates to 3D. Yeah, but from watching the trailers and stuff, I don't think it's going to be very good, unfortunately. Yeah. But like you said, I I want I plan on watching the the rest of them, maybe not all of them or whatever. Yeah. Um, but we had to get a a podcast episode out. Yeah, <laughs> no time. <laughs> like I feel like I I'd had enough exposure to them. Yeah. Um, and now it'll just be one of those things where it's a rainy sun Sunday, and I'm like. Yeah, you know what? I'll throw on I'll throw on the Grave of the Fireflies. Yeah, or whatever, <laughs> and just cry. Um, that's all I had for Studio Ghibli. Do you have anything else that you wanted to touch on? No, I'm I'm good on it. I like like I said, I feel like I need to watch the rest of them too because they're really cool. Yeah, and like all all the ones that we watched kind of have like a bit of a fantasy or something to them where it's just different. But mm. there's some that just are, like, slice-of-life, real-world type stuff. Like, I think The Wind Rises is just about a guy that makes airplanes. Yeah. And um, Whisper of the Heart is, I think, a fairly realistic one, and, like, from up on Poppy Hill. So there's some that are just kind of set in realistic, normal life, and I'm yeah. interested to see how different that would be. I am, too. For these, um, for these kind of movies. Yeah, definitely have to check some of those out so we can compare and contrast them. Yep, they're um, all on HBO Max. Yeah. And if anyone hasn't seen any of these and are still here, I definitely give them a recommendation. Like, they're they're easy to watch. Um, they're fun. They're meaningful. I, like, even if you don't like foreign films, like, in, on HBO Max, watch them dubbed. It's, yep. there's hardly a difference. Um, and you'll enjoy getting to hear voices you recognize, too. It's yeah, kind of or cool it'll thing. drive you crazy. Yeah. Like it does me, where I'm just like, who is this? And then I have to look up who it is mid-movie. Yeah, I definitely recommend them. I think if you're a fan of animation, you kind of owe it to yourself to check these out, because I think they're super influential. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, that's it for Studio Ghibli. It is my turn to pick what we are yes. covering next. And we are going to cover... One of my favorite genres. I don't know if it's called if it's a genre, uh, but it'd be classic Hollywood movies. I like me some some old classic films. So what we're gonna do? I just kind of made this up. 
Um, it's going to be a shorter one, so the next episode should come out kind of soon. Um, is we're going to focus on the three movies that Cary Grant and Katherine Hepburn did together. So, with that, we have Bringing Up Baby, and then there is Holiday, and then we're going to throw some James Stewart in there and watch The Philadelphia Story. Yes, I have wanted an excuse to watch that for so long. Yeah, um, I think all of them except Holiday are on HBO Max, so... Okay. I'm going to get the criterion for that. Yeah, they it's have... on Amazon for not a ridiculous amount. All all three of them are part of Criterion, um, so I, I have them all because I love them each. Spoiler alert for next week, I guess. Um, but I still think... I. I believe that is the order that they came out in, um, and so I'd recommend watching them in that order. I'll um, definitely watch them chronologically. That'll be cool. Okay. Kind of see the differences. Yeah, and they have different directors um, okay. for them, so there's not too much tying like these movies together, except for there's two actors, but I thought they're two like iconic actors. Um even if you don't watch old movies, you have probably heard of Cary Grant and Katherine Hepburn. Definitely. Um, but I'm I'm so excited to to watch these and show you these, and for me to spend the next couple of weeks just watching old movies again. Yeah, the, like I've been saying, this is an area of movies that I've really not ever gotten super into, so I want to see these and hopefully have me seeking out other things from that time or with these actors. I hope I, so. I really like Jimmy Stewart. Ever since I saw It's a Wonderful Life, I've been a big yep. fan of his. So, oh, I love. Excited him. to see him um, in Philadelphia Story. He won Best Actor for that, right? Or was it? Did that win Best Picture? Or was it both? I don't know yet. I haven't done my research yet. Okay, we'll talk. <laughs> we'll talk about that. We'll talk about yeah, that. We will. Um, yeah, I like I like James Stewart more than I like Cary Grant, but just because I couldn't think of a good way to. I don't know, encapsulate this genre. Um, I just stuck with Cary Grant and Katherine Hepburn. I think it's but, a good way to do it. But eventually we'll have to do like something something Hitchcock and James Stewart or yeah. something like that because um, they've collaborated a few times. So yeah, I'm excited for that. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to it too. It's going to be cool. a good episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'll just I'll wrap up. We, I'm not gonna make you rank the uh, Studio Ghibli films because that's way too hard. <laughs> it is. Um, they're all very, they're all very good, and they're all very alike. So I don't really know how I'd even start to do that. Exactly. I'd feel so bad putting any of them last. Yeah, um, none of them. Even the two that I said kind of passed me by a little bit. They they aren't. They aren't even average movies. They're very yeah. good movies. Yeah. So none of them deserve to be on the bottom of any list. <laughs> exactly. Um, okay, cool. So we'll wrap it up. Like I said earlier, at Cinefits Pod for everything. Um, search for Friends with Cinefits on YouTube. Find us there. Um, and Gmail, Friends with Cinefits at gmail.com. Pretty easy. Kane, do your spiel. Yep, I've got my. Um review site at shotreverseshotfilm.com I've been very very lazy and bad at putting things on there lately but I'm hoping to change that I will okay. change that 
But uh, yeah, that's pretty much all I have to promote. And okay. thank you everybody for listening. Uh, check it out on YouTube as well. I'm going to get this episode up on there once I have the file back too. Awesome. Um, did you do a review for the Suicide Squad? Not yet. Okay. I think I'm going to though. I okay. I have a lot to say about it. I'd like to write about that. Cool. I hope you do. Um, but cool. That's that's all I got. Kane, as always, it's been too long. We took a while. It has. Um, we took too lo- we took too long on this one. That's partially my fault. <laughs> I had to I had to push it back because of starting a new job and stuff like that. But yeah, glad no we worries. finally got to talk again. Yeah, me too. Um, but this next one's three three movies. Should yeah, that's be that would be bad. Yeah. Um, but everyone, thank you for listening. Kane, as always, it's been a pleasure. And have a nice night, everybody.